the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all away. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! As the Orange do it again, the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Duntire, 315-437-7644. If you like to check in, we're going to talk baseball for the first part of the show. Our good friend Brian Higgins will join us at about 1235. A lot to talk about with Brian, SU Lacrosse. Tomorrow's the spring game for SU football. We'll get Brian's thoughts on those things. And then we're going to talk some NFL in the second hour. Our good friend Mike Catalana from Wham in Rochester will be on at about 135 to talk about the Buffalo Bills and the upcoming NFL draft. But we begin, Seth, with baseball. So much to discuss from last night. The Mets, you almost have to put them on the back burner. They rally again, down one nothing in the eighth. They win that game four one. They're ten and one on the season. They were Zach getting Wheeler, no hit. fantastic. They were getting no hit. Zach Wheeler, fantastic. Give two hits in seven innings. One of them was a home run. They fell behind. They rally again. They get the job done. We got the best record in baseball. Quietly have the best record in baseball at ten and one. Yeah, the the Mets have been unbelievable, and and the fact that you know Zach Wheeler comes up and pitches as well as he did. Uh, you know, I, I'd have to look a little bit closer, but that might be his best MLB start. Uh, you know, when when he's when he's been up, he's you know struggled a little bit. He's aver- he, he's allowed two three runs a start. Uh, he was terrible in spring training, and and it goes to show how much spring training stats mean. But he comes up, he starts, and and you know I've said this a couple times on this station. I think that him starting in the spot that he did it was a really big deal for the Mets because it it was that first time through the rotation of those five starting pitchers that they had been. Uh, so ready for and and so looking forward to for so long and and they finally got them in five days and you know listen we've we've talked the last couple of days about you know oh maybe are the Mets you know better than the Yankees it, it's so early and, and and we get that about 150 games left in the regular season but but so far the Mets aren't just the better team in New York they've been the best team in baseball through 11 games again take it for what you will Mets are off tonight they're back in action tomorrow night at home against the Brewers we can get back to them we'll put them on the back burner what what has to be the lead of the show is Yankees Red Sox from last night and and we discussed in recent days is the rivalry back where where is it uh, the rivalry's back and you got two new managers you've got a lot of new blood fresh blood in this series now you got some bad blood after what happened last night. Um, your take on on what you saw, and I know you were saying before yeah. the show you didn't have a problem with the slide from Tyler Austin in the third inning. Brock Holt and the Red Sox had a problem with it, yeah. though, and then some fireworks later in the game. Yeah, look, he, he went in sliding spikes up, right? And, and you know, you're not going to be happy with that, especially when you get clipped, because uh, that hurts. That hurts a lot. Uh, you don't want that, and if you, if you get them too good, uh, that can cause some serious issues. You might need stitches, whatever. Um... I, look, I didn't think it was egregious. I, I didn't think it was. I certainly didn't think it was illegal. Like when they went to the replay monitor, I, I laughed. But um, I also think at the same time, you know, if if you do that, you have to expect a pitch coming at you, right? You know, if if you do that, and if you if you're going to go out there and and go in spikes up, you've got to expect something coming back at you. Um, and at the same time, you know what? If if you're going to retaliate like that, somebody's going to be unhappy and. The way that at-bat played out, and, and this was the funny part to me, you know, that wasn't the first time they tried to hit him. 
Uh, Joe Kelly tried two pitches earlier and missed, so you kind of knew it was coming. Uh, you know, and, and watching Yes last night, the first one comes in, and David Cohn and Paul O'Neill knew exactly what was going on, and they were like, oh, okay, like that that's what they're doing. Like, that, that was not a setup pitch. That was a... That was a, oh, we wanted to hit you yeah. kind of a pitch. And, I'm sure, and sure enough, two pitches later, they get him. I'm sure you heard Joe Kelly afterwards. You know, He's the only one that didn't admit to what was happening. Yes. He said, yeah, you know, the scouting report, we're trying to pitch him inside. You know, we- I, loved, I loved his reasoning. Did you hear what he like exactly what he said? He said, look, I walk a guy in inning. It's not like I'm Greg Maddox or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, just I don't love, have the best control. Right. I just, but I just love that. Like that's he, he went to a specific example. He was like, look, I'm not the greatest control pitcher of all time. I'm sorry. So you said a moment ago, Tyler Austin, you didn't have a problem with the slide. He did come in spikes up, and he did clip Brock Holt. And, and listen, I understand why Brock Holt was upset sure. about it. Um, they they you know jotted each other a little bit. You you said something right after that though. You said that if you do that, you should expect to get hit. Why is that? I don't the, know. The it's answer just, no. The, the, you know the answer. The goes. answer is the unwritten yes. rules of baseball. And this is something that absolutely drives me crazy. You don't really see it in any other sport, right? You don't see bench clearing brawls in the NBA. You don't even see it in the NFL. You you see guys pushing and shoving. You see you know personal fouls. You see flags fly. You don't see just all-out brawls. You see it to some degree in hockey, but even in hockey, they're orchestrated fights to some can degree. I, can I give a stupid reason for why I think bench-clearing brawls happen in baseball and not anywhere sure. else? And, and this might sound really dumb. If the benches don't clear, it's nine-on-one. Right, like, well, like in hockey, okay, you've both got six people on the ice. In basketball, okay, you both have five on the ice uh, on the floor. You know, in in football, you both got your eleven guys. Like in baseball, it's it, it quite literally could have been Tyler Austin versus everybody if if there was like some and and look, maybe it would cut down on on some of the hit batsmen and whatnot. But if if baseball was like, hey, if you leave the bench, you're suspended, or you leave the bullpen, you're suspended, all of a sudden it's Tyler uh, Tyler Austin versus everybody in the middle of the field. Here's the reason I will disagree with that. And you're right. From a strictly number standpoint, it could be nine on one. But when this thing started, it was the third inning, Tyler Austin slid, clipped Brock Holt, and they were face-to-face. Let them handle it, whether it's jawing at each other, whether it's pushing and shoving, just like you would see in the NBA. Double technicals, you know, guys get a little physical, there's an umpire right there, he separates them, and you move on. Why then, after, you know, they could have just handled it, and Brock Holt even said, when he, you know, when Tyler Austin got up, Brock Holt said something he shouldn't have said. That's what Brock Holt said after the game. He said, I said something I probably shouldn't have said. So then Tyler Austin takes exception to it. They jawed each other, and Brock Holt said, I thought it was over and done with. Why then? And he should tell his pitcher not to, not to bring it any further. Why then is it just expected that you, because you did that, you have to take a 98-mile-per-hour fastball in your back? I don't know. Like, I don't— That's I, just how I, baseball is. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you other than that's, that's how baseball has been played for 100-plus years. And I hate that reasoning for every other situation. Like, I, I hate that reasoning for every other situation. You know, John Shambi was on, and he's like— uh, because baseball hasn't had ties for 120 years, we don't have ties in baseball. And, like, to an extent, I agree with him, but, like, it's the same kind of a thing. Because this is how baseball has been played for 120 years, and because at some point in 1904, somebody decided, you know what I'm going to do? You know what sounds like a lot of fun? When that guy hits me, I'm going to go hit him. Right? Like, And, and because of that, 
now now it's a thing and and it remained a thing and it's 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 never you know going like I, I don't think it's going away unless baseball specifically legislates it out and and I don't know that it's in their best interest to do that which sounds hilarious and, and sounds weird but uh you know for for a game last night that took four hours that was entertaining right like like that game had some fireworks at the start with the the triple, the home run. You know, Tanaka's rolling along. All of a sudden, it's a close game again. There's a grand slam, and and then you know, as it's dragging a little bit, two innings later, bang, that, right? And and I think that in certain situations, like it, it doesn't look good, but it's in the best interest of baseball to have one of these every once in a while, not two in one day like they had yesterday, but to have one of these, especially between the Yankees and Red Sox, like. It makes sense to allow this. Well, and it's must-see TV. I mean, it is from from here until the end of this season, anytime the Yankees and Red Sox get together, and more likely than not, they're both going to be at the top of the division. They're going to be battling for the division title, battling for most likely two playoff spots as the right. season moves along. And now there's this bad blood and there's the rivalry. So it makes sense. And I, I understand what you're saying. Similarly, you know, with, with the NHL, you know, they like a good fight now and then, right? I mean, the sure. fans like it. They, you know, it it does add some excitement to the game. I just have I've never really understood like what it accomplishes. Like I know it says, well, it brings us closer together. We're going to protect our guy. But you don't see that in the NFL. You don't see a lineman, you know, take a late hit on a quarterback. Yeah, there's some pushing and shoving, and maybe you get in a cheap shot and you get a 15 yard penalty. It's over and done with. You don't see it. You don't see bench clearing brawls. You don't see things that extend because, beyond that one game or that one moment. It's over it, and done with. But isn't that because they legislate it? Because when you when you get when you hit the quarterback late, there's a flag and and there's 15 yards. And if you hit back, it it backs you up 15. Like and and that's a you know when you're playing on a hundred yard field, getting 15 percent of the way to the to the goal line is a, is a pretty big reward for you know that. what and would stop it if they wanted to would be the like, suspensions th- yeah i mean suspensions throwing out tyler austin in the seventh inning of a five-run game isn't enough or suspending a relief pitcher for four games or a starting pitcher for eight games i mean it's that's like one start if you I mean, right. you can you know he, he misses a, he misses his next start and then you know he sits out a few more games which he would anyway and then he starts the ninth game if you want to get rid of it you you add to the suspensions yes i mean they play 162 games so if he, you know, if a relief pitcher misses a couple, it's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. I've just never quite understood what it accomplishes. Like what did, what did that accomplish last night? That that Joe Kelly hits Tyler Austin. Tyler, you know, Tyler Austin has to take a 98 mile per hour fastball in the back because he slid with his spikes up and bench is clear and. And, and what? I mean, so Joe Kelly feels like a tough guy in the clubhouse and he can say, hey, Brock, I've got your back. Like, is that that's the sole reason for doing it? I just I've yes. never understood these unwritten rules. <laughs> yes, oh, you just you that, just outlined it perfectly. Yes, that guy flipped his bat, and I he disrespected oh, I me. I hate I hate that one. They, I hate that they one. They stole a base up by five in the seventh inning. That's disrespectful. So I'm gonna plunk a guy. I hate the no. I look. I the the bat flipping one is one that I hate uh, absolutely. When but when you're doing something, if it. You know, if, if Tyler Austin's slide actually caused Brock Holt to get injured and, and leave, then I get it's it. It's different, right? Then I get it. But I guess then, that's the get, message that you're sending. I get it you don't want like, him. You don't want him to do it again and get him cleaner. I oh fine. I, but I listen. I get it if John Carlos Stanton gets you know uh, plunked with a hundred mile an hour fastball, and then you know you want to you, you want to fire back at, at you know at, at one of their top hitters. Like I, I get it. I I don't like last night. 
yeah, he slid with his spikes up. It didn't seem like a big deal. Brock Holt didn't like it. I don't blame him. You know, he got clipped a little bit. They jawed at each other. I I don't understand why that escalated. I thought, look, I thought it was over. I, I really did. I, I thought it was over. I thought it was done with. The next at-bat when Austin comes up, nothing happens. Uh, I thought it was over and done with. So it, it was a little weird that it, it took a... It, look, I, I don't remember who was pitching the next time he came up, but like the fact that... Whoever it was didn't do it, and it, it took you know it, it took that next guy, and it it took four innings for this to drag itself out. Like I, I don't get it. Uh, that's the part that I really don't understand about it. Why why did it take the four innings? Like hey, that happened in the third inning. Okay, he came up in the fifth. Like wh- what happened in the fifth inning that 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 pitcher didn't have the 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 desire to go do it? And everybody's guessing. When are the Yankees going to retaliate now? And it's they're probably not, not going to be tonight. R- really? Yes. I mean, the, the Red Sox seem to think it's they're going to retaliate when it's this done. thing goes back to New York. It's I mean, they, they, Christian Vasquez, the, the catcher for the Red Sox, he went on the record last night saying, yeah, they're probably going to throw at one of our guys in New York. They, they play in early May at Yankee Stadium. They're already guessing when the retaliation is You say it's done? It should have been done in the third inning. It should have been done. I don't think it's done. I mean... This is a long season. These guys are going to see each other a Watch. lot. It's not going to happen in May, but some random time in July when they play. Like it'll be two months from now, and we'll be like, "Oh, they never did it." Oh, is that why they? Like you'll just get some random hits, hit bats. Look, uh, I, I say this semi tongue in cheek, but uh, the the Yankees owe, owe the Red Sox a couple for for some of those things from 15 years ago. So it may, it may not be too late to cash in. I just don't get it. I really don't. <laughs> I I don't get it. Um, let's go to the phone lines. Brennan and Manlius. Maybe he can explain it to me. Hey, Brennan. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, it's good to see an actual baseball fight with a, a punch thrown. Usually it's just a bunch of guys pushing and rolling around the floor, or the field, rather, against one another. But to answer your question, Steve, I'm a Yankees fan, and first and foremost, I don't have a problem with either guy did. I get why the Red Sox pitcher did it. I get why Tyler Austin charged them out. Nobody wants to take a pitch 90 miles an hour in the back, and he was just defending himself. But... I don't know if it was a, a slide or a hit. Uh, he was hit, but Pedroia had a problem last year, and I guess the entire locker room was divided because they they didn't retaliate. So obviously, being a new team, new manager, they didn't want that same thing to happen all over again. So to answer your question specific to this instance, I don't think they wanted that same thing to happen all over again and divide the locker room, you know, 12, 13 games into the season. Yeah, right. and 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 hang on with the the, the line with us here. I, and I understand exactly what you're saying, and you're right. That came up during the telecast, and and I get that. I guess what I the part I don't understand is is why why does that divide a locker room? Like I got you know there was a slide that you know somebody on the team didn't like, and he was upset about it, and and so because you didn't plunk one of their guys with a hundred mile an hour fastball, like why does that mean that you you know my teammates don't have my back? Like I guess I just don't. That's the part of that's it. That's exactly I don't, what it means. But that, why? Like you have a problem with a guy on the other team. So you you deal with it. I, I just I don't know why it, it involves like throwing at a guy. How do you deal with it though? That's the question. How, how else are you going to retaliate against a player? I mean, well, I don't know as if there has to be retaliation. Like going back to last night, Brock Holt said what he had to say to Tyler Austin. They exchanged words. If he wanted to push him, he could have. Like he could have done whatever he wanted to. He he handled it in the moment. Why why then four innings later do we have to you know have this whole thing happen? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get your point for sure, but if, if I'm a player on a ball club and I get hit in the back, it's going to make me have a lot more respect for that pitcher if he retaliates on our behalf because, again, that goofy term of unwritten rules, but 
you say you don't know why, but it, it is evidenced by what the telecast said with the Red Sox said last year. It absolutely divides the locker room. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but if you've got a team that's trying to win a World Series, the last thing you want is, you know, a captain like Dustin Pedroia to have animosity towards another player on his team because he doesn't feel in his heart that his player was or his pitcher was protecting him. So yeah. it's, it's definitely it's interesting, but, I, again, I don't have a problem either guy did. They, they did what they thought was right, and unwritten rule or not, I actually thought it was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, no, and and I, and I get to. that of it, yeah, and I I get that part of it. I guess I just look at the other sports. Like you don't see that in the NBA. No, We're, but I look. I I agree with what Brendan said though. Like, there's a lot to having your teammates back, and 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 ultimately that's what this is all about. Like that's that's ultimately the only reason that this ever happens. Because oh, hey, my guy got hit. I think that might have been intentional. I don't want a chance that he'll get hit again, or that somebody else will get hit. Okay, I got to hit back. And and the same thing happened yesterday. Whether Brock Holt thought it was done or not, okay, maybe Brock Holt had to make make it known, like, hey, guys, we're good, like we're cool, we set our piece. Where, and and then maybe it doesn't happen, or maybe Joe Kelly still decides, you know what? No, I need to send a message and do something about it. But there there's something to me about in baseball having the teammates back that because of these unwritten rules and because it's just been the way that it goes, if you don't do it, it could cause issues. All right, I understand. The one scenario I understand is if my guy gets hit, one of your guys is going to get hit, and then it's over and done with. I don't understand the. So maybe this is just a broader issue and a you know problem Probably. I have with the unwritten rules, but the flipping of the bat or the you you know you you stole when you were up by five in the eighth that's inning. That's different to me. That's not having my teammates back for. That's just, that's just stupid. Or even like again, last night I didn't think that that rose to the level of I got to hit this guy. Like he clipped him, he barked at you know they got up, they barked at each other, and I just thought it should have right. been over and done with. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Let's get one more quick phone call in uh, here in this segment. Monty and Cicero up next. Hey Monty. Uh, hey guys. So this is one of the main reasons why I just cannot get into baseball. Are these players men or are they children? I mean, this is this stuff is childish. It's pettiness. Like, See, hold on. So you I, I can't get, get in. You can't get into baseball because of the three times over 162 games that this might no, might happen. It's all these it's all these unwritten rules. I mean, if they're so important, then write the rules down. <laughs> Plus, and it's boring. That's also that, that, that's the main reason. I think that's why, your bigger I, why problem. Because because it's just too boring. I think that's your bigger problem. Is that is that it's slow and boring? All right, and and I appreciate checking in, Monty. We got to take a break. I'll be honest with you, I think what happened last night was kind of childish too. Like I get you plunk my guy, you get plunked. I I don't really get why that escalated last night, and now it's probably going to escalate again at some point, if not tonight, probably in a couple of weeks. In all likelihood, and it will. From a fan perspective, yeah, it's exciting. It adds tension. It adds drama to the game. I I get that. But just from a like from an outsider's perspective looking in, it it does it seems a little childish. You really don't see this in other sports. Again, to some degree in hockey, a lot of it's orchestrated in hockey, though. You don't see it in the NFL. You no, don't see it in the NBA. No, but I think the same thing happens in hockey. I think that that oh, they got a hit on us. We got to hit one of theirs. Like I, I think, but I it think makes more sense in hockey. Thing, eh. Are there unwritten rules in hockey? I don't know to the, to the same degree. I just I think know. some I'm of the unwritten rules are. I'm not a huge hockey fan. I don't know. Are silly. I think some of the unwritten rules in baseball are silly. I think last yeah, night. I, agree. I think last night was a little silly, but okay. in any event, keep I those phone it. calls coming. Got to take a time out. Back after this, live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. 
Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. Phone lines now open for the next half hour at 315-437-7644. Our good friend Mike Catalana from Wham in Rochester set to join us in about 30 minutes from now as we talk NFL drafts, talk about the Buffalo Bills and their needs. They have a lot of needs. Quarterback at the top of the list. Offensive line, line. Uh, probably right behind uh, the quarterback three position. starters this offseason. I'm aware of that, Seth. Not that I should be talking about teams that have needs. Quarterback's still the number one need. Absolutely. Look, quarterback is the number one need for every team until you've got it figured out. And then you find the other pieces to put around it. A.J. McCarron, Nate Peterman is not, not, the is not figuring it out. It's so not. They, need to, they need a quarterback. Yeah, and A.J. McCarron won a title or two. So did Tim remember. Tebow. Tim Tebow won a title. Tim he won Tebow a Heisman. won a Heisman. Yeah. He's got to be good. Mm. Is he going to go play for Spurrier in the alliance of... <laughs> I don't, Maybe I don't if know the baseball thing doesn't work out. Yeah. He strikes out a lot. So does Aaron Judge. That's true. But Judge hits more home runs. Tebow at last check was two for 11. Um, I haven't checked in on him in a couple of Which days. Which means but... he's one for his last 10. Right. Because he hit the home run in the first at-bat. Correct. Uh, in any event, we'll talk some NFL coming up in about a half hour from now. I do want to talk a little NBA uh, with you, Seth, and what we saw again last night. Going into the game, Russell Westbrook needed 16 rebounds to average a triple-double for the second time in as many seasons. He is the first player ever to do it back-to-back years, and he did it by grabbing 20 rebounds last night, had 19 assists, scored just six points in 37 minutes of action. My question to you is, how impressed are you by this feat? And by how impressed, I mean, like, top three, top five, like, all-time NBA achievements, or does it not quite rise to that level for you? I'm really impressed. I I am impressed by it. I I really am. Um, To to be able to do that not only over one season, but over the course of two, right? Uh, Over the course of two seasons, to be able to... uh, you know, go out and and average a triple double is remarkably impressive. And this is a guy who doesn't take nights off, right? Like he played, uh, he played what eighty one games last year, uh, and and this year is right up there again. So it's it's not like he's, you know, only playing in in lesser games and and able to do this. So I think it's a remarkable accomplishment. I think it's really impressive that he's actually able to, you know, play at that high level. I have no doubt that he went into last night knowing exactly how many rebounds he needed and then uh, Do you watch the highlights it? by the way? Do you see the highlights? Uh, I mean, yes. not only did he know how many rebounds he the needed, team his teammates yeah. knew how many rebounds. I mean, there were there were plays where, you know, Stephen Adams easily could have, you know, grabbed sure. a board. He just backed away. Paul George, he, Carmelo. He played in 81 games last year, 80 games this year. Yeah. So he's playing every he's night. He's deserved he's, it. Listen, he's, he's earned it. He's had a great couple of years. And, and uh, look, last year I think that on his back they overachieved. This year I think they probably underachieved. Right. But it, I think it's a wildly impressive Stat. Let yes. me give you a, a few all-time great achievements, and and let me know if if what Russell Westbrook has done rises to the level or you're even above okay. some of these achievements. Um, quadruple double in a game. It's happened four times in NBA history. Only three guys have done it. Hakeem Olajuwon did it twice. Um, <laughs> Michael Jordan. With him in the lineup for the Chicago Bulls, they did not lose three games in a row for more than seven years. That's insane. Wilt Chamberlain, 100 that, points that, in a game. That MJ one might be above seven years. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a few. You can tell me and which I, one's at I, the top look, of the list. I, I think before you mention that 
MJ won. I was going to come in and say the Wilt Chamberlain 100 points in a game is the most impressive thing I've ever heard of in a basketball game. Uh, I, you don't have a three-point arc. You're you know playing in some crappy little gym in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and you score 100 points. Uh, I, I think that is un, unbelievable. All right, Wilt is on the list, 100 points in a game. I'll give you another Wilt statistic. How about 55 rebounds in a game? Yeah. He averaged better than 50, 50 20. averaged better than 50 points per game in the 1961-62 season. So there's Wilt. There's LeBron, of course, making it to seven straight finals, Bill Russell and winning 11 rings. Which one is at the top of the list? And and we'll throw Russell Westbrook in there from last night. Max wanted to mention Kobe, his 81. I don't think 81 rises above 100 no, I for don't Will either. Chamberlain, but we can throw that on the list as well. I don't what, think what's that, at the top of your list? I don't think 81's there. Uh, I, I think that Wilt's 100. I think that MJ's not losing three games in a row for seven years. Seven plus. That's it was almost insane. eight full years. Almost that's, eight full that's years. absolutely crazy. Uh I think a quadruple double is really hard, and and I, I was under the impression that it hadn't happened before. Uh, you know, not just that it hadn't happened in twenty some odd years. Uh, so that's probably there. Going going to seven finals in a row is is absolutely nuts. <laughs> that's why that's why like, I mentioned all these because they're all they're all nuts. insane. Uh, I think you know as much as I want to say the wilt one because it's a hundred points in a game and like I, that is I, I can't wrap my mind around it. The other two, to do it over seven years, LeBron's seven straight finals and MJ not losing three games in a row, to be able to do those, it, the longevity of it, right, is, is what makes it impressive, right? That's what makes it all the more amazing. You know, Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double last year was basically out of necessity. Like, that team didn't have much else there to, to go and, and do anything with. Uh, he needed to do all that. This year he did it because he he's just a freak, and, and that's what he does. Um, but with that being said, it, it's only—I uh, don't want to minimize it by saying it's only two years, but it's, it's, right. two, year, so it's with, two years compared to seven. All right, so with that being years. said, I just gave you—I gave you five achievements, not including Russell Westbrook. The quadruple double in a game, that's that's a one-night thing. Right. Will Chamberlain scoring 100, that's a one-night yes. thing. Obviously, MJ and LeBron, it's over time. Bill Russell over time. Does Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double in back-to-back seasons, it's never been done before, does that rise above any of the five I just mentioned? Quadruple-double, quadruple MJ's double. string, Wilt scoring 100, LeBron's string, or Russell in his titles? I think it rises above Russell and the quadruple-double. And the, and the Russell thing is going to fly in the face of what I just said, but the NBA was so different. He was winning... 11, uh, 11 championships and when they, they were ripping off titles. And that's not necessarily to diminish it, uh, but a lot easier to win 11 rings when there are 12 teams in your league, right? Like a lot easier to win when you're the best of 12, when you're the best of 16, uh, you know, rather than now when you have to be the best of 30 and you have to play 82 plus another 25 in the playoffs. Uh, you know, this came up the other day. Remember, uh, two days ago was the anniversary of the Syracuse Nationals winning the title in 1955. That went to seven games in the NBA Finals, and the seventh game was on April 10th. I mean, like, like that shows the difference in in the NBA now and then. And right? now it's two months later. Right. The regular season wasn't even done. Right. Um, all right, so you've got a top five, and I, I yeah. guess that's my point with this whole thing is that you know I'm not a huge Russell Westbrook fan, but. What he's done, like, you got to respect the heck out of what he's been able to do over these last two seasons. It is an all-time great achievement. It might not be at the top of the list, and I'm with you. I don't think it's at the top of the list, but... It's up there. I think we have to... 
you know, acknowledge it, acknowledge it, recognize it, pay tribute to what this guy's been able to do over the course of the last two years. And I would argue that what he did this year is more impressive than what he did last year. As you said, last year he had to do it by necessity. It was him and nobody else on that team. This year he had Paul George, he had Carmelo Anthony. I, I would say it's even more impressive what he did this year. Let's get a quick phone call in here in this segment. Uh, Tony in Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Tony. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, I was just calling in because uh, that Captain America reference. Yeah. Uh, the, he was talking about... Uh, Reads like um, the Ryder Cup. Yeah, he was just saying that you know he had that look from the Ryder Cup, and he got it. He got to actually uh, deemed uh, Captain America because of his play in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, right. And and that and wasn't I, the part we had. The right. Issue I know. With. I know where the reference comes from. Is actually Jordan Spieth who dubbed that. You know, dubbed him Captain America, and it kind of stuck. And and I, I get that. The part that I took issue with was the fact that Jim Nance knew he was going to say that going into <laughs> right. the final round. If Patrick Reed wins, I you know I know exactly what I'm going to say. You know. And the funnier thing that I thought was said was that. He, Nick Faldo just straight laced red Imagine <laughs> Dragon lyrics. Yeah, it's that an odd is- combination. You had the you know the canned phrase. You had the I think Nick Faldo just talking spontaneously off the top of his head. That was um, by the way that was the second time in as many holes for Patrick Reed that he did that. It was the second time he did that. So I hope it was spontaneous. But what do you think that he said it the first time and then somebody in his ear was like, "Hey Nick, that's really good. That's really good. I like that. Let's do that again." Jim okay. Nan- okay. I'll come. I'll come up with another song. Okay. <laughs> Jim didn't react to it, so do it again. <laughs> yeah. Do it again. See Maybe if he, says he didn't anything. notice. Yeah. All right, we got to take a timeout. We've got today's business on the other side. Keep it here.